In this episode, I'm going to talk about how to work with the mind when microdosing. It's a super juicy episode because the mind is where most of us overdo it, so to speak. We are mind obsessed. We have all the information in the world at our fingertips right here. So we're not lacking for anything in the mind, but what happens is the mind is way taking control. And also it's got so much in it. It's like a cluttered house and it's not effective. And there's a lot of garbage in there. And we just kind of put up with it because the work of sorting through is so much. And once you start sorting through and seeing what's in there, oh my gosh, you're going to want to get cleaned up. So we're going to have a really thought provoking conversation about the mental aspect today. Buckle up. This is Aliveness, the show that explores how to create the changes you need to make to experience the sense of aliveness you're longing for and how the power of plant medicine can accelerate that process for you. I'm your host, Allison Crossway, a guide and former psychotherapist here to empower you to break out of your old patterns shift into a new state of being and ignite your aliveness. The mental aspect of microdosing is where you can work with the mind to create huge changes in your life. It requires all the other aspects to be working with you, physical, emotional, spiritual. Done in conjunction with the other types of work, microdosing gives us the capacity to really reprogram the subconscious and eliminate negative self-talk. So when I talk about the mind, I'm talking about thoughts, the pace of our thoughts, the content of them, what it feels like to think. Have you ever thought about what it feels like to think? Your relationship with your thinking. What is your relationship with your thinking like? Coming into a relationship with your thinking, it's very different from thinking things and believing them, thinking things and believing them, thinking things and believing them. This is what causes huge anxiety. If I believed everything that came into this head, oh God, I don't think I'd ever get out of bed, right? The work and the medicine really supports us in this is coming into relationship with our thinking. And so what are we going for? A quiet mind or quieter isn't that even nice to say? We're going for an ability to change our minds, which means we can relax physically. We're doing the emotional work and we can consider all types of things. It's a very interesting exercise. For example, think about some political stance that you really disagree with and you think the people who believe it are absolutely bad shit out of their minds or worse, bad people. Imagine you're on the other side and allow your mind to be changed and try on and be flexible and see it from the other angle. It's a fascinating practice. Curiosity. We're going for curiosity. We're going for learning and expanding, always changing how we think. We're going for a lack of attachment to our thinking. Oh, I think I don't look so good today. Okay. Let's keep going. Not always believing everything that's being said in there. We're also talking about a loosened relationship to our thinking. So the thinking happens, 
but we're not completely identified with it. And we don't think that everything is correct. We let our body, our heart, and our soul drive the bus with the mind rather than letting the mind tell us who we should be. Oh, I should be a good girl. I should work hard. I should look like this. I should live my life like this. And then making the body, the heart, and the soul do it. That is a sure way to make the body feel like hell, to make the emotions go viv or non-existent, and to take out the fire of the soul by running everything from here. So here's, here's how I want to describe the mental and why working with the mental is so important in conjunction with medicine work. So I worked with a medicine for a while called 5-MeO-DMT, and that's a subject for another episode. But it's a very, 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 very strong medicine. And it opened up energetic pathways physically and emotionally and spiritually that were far beyond anything that had ever been opened up. And I was loose and open for good and for bad. I could, I could get triggered in a second and be in huge fear. I was like very, very sensitive. The energetic pathways completely opened up. I was also super juicy, super connected to my sexuality, super connected to creativity. It was an amazing experience and it took months to kind of come back into balance. And one of the pieces of coming back into balance was this. I was building a business, a clinic in Vaughn, and I had this juicy creativity, this connection to alignment and flow, but I had a lot of negative thinking that were patterns because the medicine didn't actually change the content in here. There was still all this stuff in here that says, you know, you're not good with money. You're irresponsible. That's not worth that. They're going to cheat you. Like a lot of negative kind of pain tapes in there. And what I did was I joined a really powerful mindset program, thinking into results. And what that did was it took the energy that had been opened up by the medicine, and it allowed me to direct it in positive ways, such as everything is working for you. So instead of seeing something happen unless the clinic was being created that I didn't like, I would consider what was to be learned, allowed, understood, and I became different in response to challenges, which then, of course, created less of the self-created challenges. And the challenges started to shift. And so my mindset started to support my creation in the world. And I think it's really important because a lot of these medicines are beyond words. And then we come into the real world where we want to have relationships, where we want to support ourselves. And how do we do that? Well, we need language. We need the mind to be directed. And we want to be really careful with what we pay attention to and how we think. And this mindset program gave me daily practices and ways of thinking that were extremely helpful. So in conjunction with medicine work, we also need expanded ideas and people who see things differently to give us footholds to help us change our mind. And this is how the mind connects us to our aliveness, by getting on board with ways of thinking so that when negative thinking comes up, 
we can notice it in our minds and say, hey, I don't think that's so helpful. Let's, let's think about what we might learn from this. Or let's think about how we're showing up here so that we are being the people we want to be. So the mind can start to get on board and be on our side. So how does microdosing now change the brain? I just gave you an, a very potent example with 5-MEO, but how does microdosing help us change the brain? Well, we all have conditioned responses. These are the neural networks in our brain. And they're like Pavlov's dogs. He would give them something to eat, their dinner, and he'd ring a bell. Ding. It was actually a tuning fork. Ding. Eat dinner. Ding. And then he didn't have to do anything but ding. And the dogs thought they were getting dinner and would drool. So this, this is a conditioned response, right? And we are all conditioned. We hear the ding on our phone. We have a feeling. A partner says something in a certain tone, and we go to a whole story about what he means, and we're completely triggered and blah, blah, blah. So we have these networks in the brain. And what the medicine does is it actually increases the plasticity. The plasticity is the ability of the brain to change. So when we're journaling, when we're in therapy, when we're meditating, we are opening the plasticity by relaxing and being open to change and by allowing ourselves to feel our feelings, we are changing those neural networks. That's why those things work. The medicine gives us an extra boost. So imagine a full dose journey. That's why we experience oneness with the universe because we are literally so high in plasticity. Our neural networks are completely gone that there's no filter anymore to the information we're seeing. There's no tight story. We are connected to the whole universe and we experience that connection. But of course, in order to live, we need to feel the filters and see them. So with microdosing, it just opens them a little bit so we can see little bits of things we couldn't see before. We can feel little bits of things we couldn't feel before. We also can have certain physical sensations that release things for us. This is all the medicine prompting us in the direction of our intentions and giving us a little bit more openness to create what we want to create. We often will have less attachment to those pain patterns, that negative self-talk, and we'll be able to move on more easily when we're microdosing. So here's an example. Many people tell me when they're about to join Expand, which is my online microdosing program that takes you through a full microdosing cycle to support you in stepping fully into the life you desire. Many people tell me I don't like groups. I'm not a sharer. I don't fit in the group because I'm not like the other people in the group. Interesting. So if they still decide to join, and I do encourage people when the fit is right to step in and try this. And as they begin to microdose and show up in the group, they start to really connect with each other because all they needed to do was let go of the story that everyone else isn't like me or I'm not good in groups 
and have the experience, which is that they're in a very powerful, intimate group of people who are all taking big risks in the world. And there's a lot of juice for them there. When they join and start microdosing, they can see that they can actually relate and that the idea that they aren't good in groups was a story that they told themselves based on their past experiences. Because everyone is actually great in a group and adds something really important just by who they are. The medicine supports us in changing our stories. And that's why when you've done personal work and are used to letting go of these stories and seeing your patterns, you can get incredible results from microdosing because you already have that muscle. That muscle is already working and you can notice things and let them go that much easier. We don't always have to believe what the mind is telling us. The mind serves us. We don't serve the mind. That's a key shift to be made. The mind creates things that we want. We being our body, mind, heart, and soul together. Not just what the mind wants. I mean, my mind has a really clear idea of what a successful person is, and I've failed miserably. But my mind's coming along for the ride and changing. But once in a while, that part of the mind is like, no, this life you've got. This isn't the right one. But my body and my heart and my soul, they also get to say, and it's an ongoing conversation. Remember that the mind is completely conditioned. We learned language from other people. We weren't born learning it. So everything that we say is a reflection of something we've heard before that we now use creatively ourselves. But every word we know was learned. So how do we maximize results with the mind when microdosing? So remember, again, this is a complex system. You don't have to do everything. You only choose one next thing that's juiciest for you. And that's what I do with my clients is determine which aspect, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, we're going to address. And then what is the one next thing that will have the most impact, the most energy gain? Things I suggest around the mental aspect is daily visualization, really feeling your intention. So if your intention is I am at peace, allowing yourself to feel at peace and imagining yourself at peace every single day. This is what pro athletes do. This is what Olympic athletes do. This, they visualize the win. We're visualizing the state we want to be in to help ourselves step into it and be it. And it starts to become very normal. And that's what we're going for. Meditation is a fantastic way to work with the mind. Coming into relationship with your thinking, seeing what a thinking machine you are. Hypnosis is a wonderful way to address subconscious thinking. Learning and stretching the mind in new directions. As I said earlier, taking on different ideas, maybe ones you don't agree with or find a little edgy or confusing, really, really good for the mind. Watch your diet, your mental diet. There is so much out there. We can't possibly consume it all. Watch it because what you are taking in mentally is what's going to be in there. I really encourage discretion as much as possible. What is helping you expand, helping you grow, helping you learn? And what is feeding fear? I'm not saying not to be realistic. There's a lot to understand that's not pleasant in the world. 
And it's important that we see clearly. But at the same time, it's important not to confirm fear, but to empower ourselves and to be taking things in that we're listening to, reading and watching that support the qualities of our mind that we want. Before we finish today, I want to talk about one modality that has changed my life. You see, once you start to do healing work, you tend to hear things like, oh, she's really in her head, or she's attached to her story, um, or focus on the body, the body knows. I say some of those things too. Absolutely. The mind is over controlling. It has too much power for most of us. But here's the thing. The mind is a beautiful, alive, important aspect. And for those of us who are more cerebral, who like to learn, proprioceptive writing developed by Linda Tritcher Metcalf is an incredibly powerful modality because it allows the mind to be part of the whole system and was so confirming to me. You get to think broadly and widely and you heal through your thinking and your writing. She has a book called Writing the Mind Alive, and I'm working on getting her for a future episode. So stay tuned on that. I really recommend this technique for people who love their thinking and want to develop it. And bit by bit, this modality, it's taught me more than all the logic classes in the world about really sensing where people's thinking is at and what I'm going to accept and what I'm going to question. It's a very, very, very powerful modality. So I'll give you an example of something that I might question. You hear things a lot like there are five love languages or there are only five emotions or four or three or 18 or whatever the case may be. It's not said, and I know it's not sexy. It doesn't sell to say it this way, but it's not said like, I have a model for how people express love. And it probably is said in the book, but that's not how it's presented in social media. It's presented as there are five love languages and my love language is gifts. What's yours? Mine is words of praise, whatever the thing is. And it falsely categorizes us. And what proprioceptive writing has allowed me to do is kind of see that and go, what do you mean by, what do you mean by your love languages, Carol? I mean, I think what a person is actually saying is, I really like getting gifts, which has a very different energy to it. And the love languages are a beautiful model, but they are just a model. So let's try it on. And if we don't like it, let's send it away. It's fine. If it helps you, great. But we can hold life much more loosely, fluidly, creatively when we actually understand how our language is reflecting our thinking and how our thinking is holding us captive. So what proprioceptive writing does is help you get to the memory below the thinking that is keeping your thinking a little bit tight. And when we can see this, and we can see why we adopted that tight, like what is beneath that tight holding on to the love languages for a person? What is beneath that? Oh, it's a hurt. It probably goes back here and here. And as we release that, we stop letting life define us. Our language changes and we open up and we, we find more juice. We write the mind alive. 
So in summary, openness, the plasticity of the mind is supported by microdosing. And we have to feed the mind good programming and direct it according to what our body, heart, and soul really want. The mind serves us. We don't have to serve the mind. And as we allow ourselves to come into balance and channel our thought in the direction of our dreams, the power of our minds to be part of the creation of our lives is astounding. If what you've been hearing on this episode is resonating with you, you may be wondering if transformational microdosing has the potential to change your life too. Transformational microdosing layers intentionality, ritual, and deep inner work on top of a microdosing practice to create the potential for permanent shifts in your way of being with yourself and others. I invite you to receive my free transformational microdosing guide, which includes all the ins and outs of microdosing, as well as how to set intentions, create ritual, and structure your inner work throughout your journey. I've also included stories from two transformational microdosers. The intention of this guide is to empower you to develop a deep and generative relationship with the medicine. You can find the link to receive the guide in the show notes or go to expandwithmicrodosing.com.